<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Today's hydration is sponsored by 1186 Water. This is a real artesian water straight from the aquifer in Alabama, uh, new to the Houston area, uh, and is an ultra-premium artesian water. Feel free to follow us at Facebook and Instagram at 1186water, and that's 11, E-L-E-V-E-N, 86water. And as also, you can uh, visit our website at www.1186water.com. Today, everything culture podcast. It's your host, D Jack, along with my co host. It's your girl, Honeybee. Hey, hey, hey. Today, we have a special guest host in the building today, Mr. Eric from Priority Mail. Hey, What's up, family? Hey. How y'all doing? We also have a special guest in the building today, Mr. Marcus Glenn with the Black United Fund of Texas. Thank Everybody you. Give it up for our guest. So as always, we'd like to start off the show with asking how your week has been. Uh, I'll start with our guest, uh, Mr. Marcus Glenn. How was your week? Good. Um, it's, it's good. I made it through through another week. Uh, got some more work to do, and so yeah, work is steadily being done. So it was a good week for me. That's good. That's good. How about you, Mister Eric? It's been busy. Um, last time I was on, I was telling you my kids were getting ready for college, so they start mm-hmm. college tomorrow. Wow. Instead of twins, oh, a boy and a girl, and uh, we've been grinding this week, getting all of the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, taken care of so that they can start school successfully on Monday. So um, looking forward to them starting this next chapter in their life, but it's also kind of bittersweet because they're leaving, not necessarily leaving the nest, but they are really maturing and going into that next chapter in their life. So, Well, congratulations uh, to you. Really, thank you. Thank you. What's cool? Uh, they're going to start out at, my daughter's going to uh, San Jack, and my son is going to HCC, and they're eventually going to transfer into U of H. And TSU, it's gonna save them a little bit of money and get them started on that way. On their way, so yeah, that's cool. How about you, Miss Honeybee? How was your week? Man, my week has been good. Um, I too am sending my my babies back to school, but they're one in three, so it's a little different. (laughs) My daughter was happy; she got a Hello Kitty backpack. Um, It is stuffed with randomness and blankets and extra change of clothes, so. 
Yeah, my son don't know what's going on. He just he tomorrow when phone. he has to dress fancy and I'm taking a bunch of pictures, he's gonna be like, "What's going on?" So hey, it's still important, man. From the beginning is. to the end, you know. It is. First day of daycare, first day of college, same thing. Right. So I mean, I'm not gonna cry. I'm just you dropping. Say that. It. You yeah. say you still crying in the car. Enjoy Maybe. those moments. Enjoy, Enjoy those, those moments because they pass. They swiftly pass. But other than that, I mean, my week was good. I at work grinding like always, trying to trying to earn a check. You know, so they won't have nothing to say. But other than that, how was your week? Mine was great. I mean, just getting ready to get the kids back in school. And my oldest son, he started middle school. So it's a big big step and a big milestone in school. It is. (laughs) Oh, wow. He seemed like from when he left at the beginning of the summer, I wasn't sure how this was going to work out. But now it seems like he came back a little more mature. You know, maybe he needed that time away, you know, to kind of mature, grow up a little bit and it seemed like it's, I'm, I'm confident now that he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, that whole new, the whole new world. Yeah. Back to being a, what, a small fish in a big pond. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. he'll be all right, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, well, let's get started. Um, uh, for those of you who are new listening to the show, we have a special segment uh, we do with our guests called The Makings of You. Normally, Mr. D said one thing would do this, but I've uh, been taking over for the last couple of weeks. And but, doing a great job. Thank you. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> in his absence. So, uh, Mr. Marcus, I'm going to ask you a few questions about yourself. Uh, that way, artists can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better and kind of understand your perspective and stuff like that when we get into our topics. Cool. All right. So, uh, let's start out with the first question. Uh, are you wh- Where were you raised? I was raised uh, on the north side of Houston, the northeast part, really. So, I've been to Fifth Ward and, like, the east side, um, like, Federal Rose, Clinton Park, Pleasantville, Fleming. Okay. Okay. Are you um, single parent, single family household? Nah, I, I grew up uh, my mom, my dad, and then I have two younger brothers. So oh, I'm okay. the oldest of three. Okay, you're the oldest of the three. Well, yes, I guess yes. younger brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got two younger brothers. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Uh, oh, so you're the oldest? I'm the oldest of the three. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. How about that? <laughs> Do they all live in Houston? Yes. I mean, if you consider cars to be Houston, but yeah, I mean, we're all pretty much right here in the Houston metropolitan area. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Um, do you do you have a pretty large family, like as far as like on your, your whole family? Yeah, my dad's side is huge. Um, just look at it. I mean, his my my, my grandmother's from Louisiana, so she had a bunch of uh, brothers and sisters, and then um, my dad's dad had like eight to nine uh, siblings. And so, yeah, we got a huge family. And then it's like eight of my dad. My dad had like eight brothers and sisters as well. So, so from Louisiana, brothers. are you Creole? Yeah. Yeah, Tell if you Creole, so I, I'm not Cajun at all. You're not Cajun? Nah, and so a lot of people, I'm glad you asked that. A lot of people don't know the difference. Cajun is the white folks that's from uh, Louisiana, while Creole is right. with that African blood. Creole. So, yeah. Man, so I never knew that. Yeah, so I asked you Creole. I got most of my family's from Louisiana. Yeah. Huh. Learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so um, growing up, I mean, what, what what was your favorite holiday growing up? <clears throat> Anytime I was out of school. That's real. I don't really have a favorite holiday. I guess you could say Christmas because we might get something uh, for that or we were getting something for that. But other than that, uh, anytime I was out of school. Okay. Okay. What about um, like any hobbies? Do you play basketball, football, baseball? Um. I yeah. So I had a high school basketball coach that helped me get out of the mind frame that I was going to that I was going to go to the NBA real early, and I appreciated that. Um, 
when he wrote down, I had to be better than everybody in Houston, like, damn, that's a lot of people. You gotta be better than all the people in the state. That's a whole lot more work. You gotta be better than everybody in the country, you know, if you're trying to go to these elite schools. Uh, and so I kind of put that on the back burner and realized, you know, I should just be smart. And I kind of Wait, how old were you that. when this happened? What, about six, 15, 16? Okay. At that time, was that detrimental? No. It was just like a reality check. It was check. a reality check, yeah. yeah. Do you think more people need this reality yeah. check? Yeah, so yeah. like when I would work with kids, I would pretty much tell them if it, it could be the second week in January, but I would just let them know, I've already reached my quota for athletes for this year. I don't want to hear you tell me when you grow up you want to be an athlete. Let's look at something that's, one, realistic, and two, um, what's your plan B? Have you not thought about that? So uh, it was a reality check. I appreciated it. Um, and yeah, but my hobbies would more or less be growing plants or uh, I would play around with music and video. Uh, yeah, those, those are my hobbies. Hustling, like hustling was, was a definitely a hobby of mine. Yeah, Hustling what? Nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, pretty much anything right, right. we could get our hands on that was not an illicit substance. So if you were looking for tickets to, let's say, the uh, Labor Day Classic, more than likely, me and my brothers had a couple of extra ones on deck. So we would sell those to our friends. A couple of tickets to Astroworld, we would sell those. Um, we had wallets for a little bit of time. Uh, stun gun. Uh, wow. What? Uh, tasers. Yeah, really? we had oh. them. We gonna talk uh, after. Polo, offline. Yeah, How did you get those? Oh, <laughs> was it eBay? Something okay. Like that. Well, yeah. So that, that's my hobby. So when you say hustler, what I hear is entrepreneurial yeah, spirit. Yeah. Like my first business was the first time I thought about going into business was me having uh, doing greeting cards. My parents had bought a, um, a printer, an HP printer that wasn't this big, Oki Data uh, ribbon type of printer. And I saw that I could print off different colors and stuff like that. So, hey, when I use this, and instead of us going to the store to pay them for a greeting card, we can make one at the house and just follow it up, make it look nice. And so, did that. And then after that, uh, I was selling CDs. Uh, you could tell me what it is that you wanted on your CD. I give it to you. Oh yeah, we all want. had a hustle yeah, friend. So, yeah, <laughs> CDs. I definitely, I definitely doing the CDs for a minute. Okay. What about, did you sell candy as a kid? Nah. Okay. I you only sold candy <laughs> for, you know, like a school fundraiser. But other than that, I was buying somebody candy. I, yeah. I, 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 I wasn't going to sell candy. Now, normally the CD man is always the candy man, like in middle school, elementary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I did that. That was yeah, you? I did, yeah, too. I did that. I was hustling candy at school. Yeah. See, I didn't have to do that. And now my kids, they go to school. My three-year-old had to sell some candy. I was like, nope. <laughs> nope, let's yeah, let's no, sell something a little bit better. I'm not about to, yeah. So. I don't do it for the school. I just donate him some money and just say, we ain't doing all that. Well, my, <laughs> Mr. Honeybee picked it up and he was like, I'll sell them. And I was like, I ain't got nothing to do with pushing sugar on people. Right, right. <laughs> Diabetes. Nah, Very I pass. So let me ask you this. Did you have a favorite food growing up? Well, what's your, what was your favorite food growing up and what's your favorite food now? Kids, so like a burger um, or pizza. You know, a burger or pizza. Um, now... Anything that's in the refrigerator, I don't have to pay for. No. <laughs> oh, all right. That's that's real. We got, yeah, we got McDonald's is. at home, ain't that the line? Man, we, got, we got we got sandwich meat at the house. Yeah, yeah. that's cool with me. But didn't you say that one of your hobbies was growing stuff? It it is now. Okay. Like, as a kid, it was more like 
seeing what, what type of entrepreneurial spirit or yeah that, that was my hobby as a as a kid like now growing stuff you grow stuff you can eat yeah yeah we're gonna get into that okay, okay. Cool, we're gonna cool, definitely cool. get into that yeah. <laughs> all right last question uh we ask every <clears throat> guest this stuffing or dressing I ain't, I ain't dressing stuff. Oh, no, it's a difference. No. It's a difference. Well, no, I'm going with dressing. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't really know what the difference is. Stuffing oh, is more like stove top stuffing. Like, oh, yeah, they no, got I don't the meat and all that stuff. No, no, I don't right. eat that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my mama, ain't, my mama fixed stuff from scratch. Like, I was telling all a friend right. of mine yesterday, um, I ain't really eat a, I still don't. I don't eat ramen. I've never really eaten ramen noodles or anything I've like that. I've never been that broke. My, I mean, shout I out to everybody been. who likes no, it because they I've like been it. that broke. I've been that broke, but it never crossed my mind to eat that because that wasn't prepared or it wasn't yeah. in my house. Yeah. You know, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't broke, and we got a whole case of my kids love us. Yeah, oh, <laughs> kids I mean, my kids like it too. I don't know, it, I guess it's generational, yeah. but uh, I never ate them as well. But my I never ate them. Now, it's, just, it's just an easy snack to, to just put in my high in sodium. High in sodium. Oh my god, it does not process, yes, because it's, it's so processed and enriched with things that we really don't need on top of the excessive amount of sodium. So, yeah. But it is what it is. It's a quick, wow. easy snack. Yeah. That's true. It's like all my friends who did it in college, I was like, but my mom bought me a meal plan. Why would I ever eat this? <laughs> I got a meal what? plan. I, <laughs> let me use your card real quick. Yeah, that's right. That was the least my parents say. They'll give us, a you know, three meals a day. Yeah. I don't know. So. All right, well, we appreciate that, Marcus, for making it. <coughs> now we got a new segment we're going to bring in uh, with Mr. Eric. It's called Eric's Health Topic. All right. All right, Eric's health moment. So, Mr. Eric, what you got for us today? Drop some health knowledge on. All right. So, again, I'm I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be back here with Everything Culture uh, and uh, share on the platform that they have here um, in reaching the masses and, and getting good information out there to our people. Um, last time we spoke about a little bit of everything, and, and then you know we talked about coming back and possibly having some kind of wellness segment. So, I really want to start out with wellness. And I would love to hear back from uh, the followers what else you all might like to talk about. But let me give you a little history on me. I've been a nurse for 22 years. I've been a nurse practitioner for the last 11 of those years. And I've been on the front line in primary care where I see a lot of chronic conditions, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, high cholesterol, obesity, just to name a few that are affecting the masses and particularly uh, minorities in this country. And a lot of focus I see today, we don't focus on wellness or preventive care as much as we should. So I always use the analogy. Again, I'm, I'm with Priority Mail. If you'd like to follow me, that's Priority Mail, P-R-Y-O-R-I-T-Y-M-A-L-E. I'm on the gram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I focus on men's health specifically because I find that men do worse with their health than women. Women typically end up taking care of the entire family, raising the kids, taking care of themselves. Sometimes they neglect themselves, but for the most part, they will take care of themselves. And then they end up taking care of us because we don't do what we're supposed to do. The average man is going to take better care of the two or four wheels that he used to get wherever he's going than he will these two arms and two legs. And they'll, they'll put better maintenance into their software on their laptop or their, their phone that they're using uh, more than they will invest in into their wellness. And so what I always like to try to focus on is being proactive 
and not reactive. And what that means is you have if you have insurance programs that allow you to go see your doctor annually for your physical, the least you can do for your health and your wellness and for your family that needs you around is to go get screened annually. I got I wore this shirt today for a reason. It says be a man and get checked. And I'll add be seen, get screened. Now, age-appropriate screening has so many benefits that pays dividends down the line in our life. And a lot of us miss that. A lot of us take pride in not taking medicine. Or I ain't seen the doctor in five years. Or I feel fine, this, that, and the other. And meanwhile, on the inside, your body is raging with underlying pre-diabetes, with borderline hypertension, which is a silent killer. And then if you look at the diet and lifestyles that we live today, most of us are consuming processed foods. And I can't wait to hear my man talk about what he's growing organically because we need to get more into that. And the history behind organic and how we live back in the day, think about it. They grew from the earth, they ate from the earth, and they worked hard on the plantations. That's why they would live, they lived like they live. Today we're so um, we we're so soft and privileged, and the lifestyle we live today uh, so sedentary, and the foods we consume are not healthy at all. But that's another conversation we'll have. But for the for the wellness piece, I want you to focus on age-appropriate screenings. See your doctor annually. Go have that screening done. Ask questions about what is going on in your body. Make sure you understand your family history. Who in your family has diabetes? Who in your family has high blood pressure? Have your cholesterol checked, um, and it should be done about every five years, that's if you don't have any family history, and if you have issues, again, follow up with your doctor regularly. Um, make sure you're eating a well-balanced diet, okay? Most people overeat, and most people eat all the wrong stuff, and the other thing, too, is we don't hydrate well. You know, we don't drink enough fluids, and, and the wrong fluids. Like today, I have here uh, 1186 water, which uh, is part of... A company that I'm a business owner in and it is a real artesian water uh, that's, that's also new to the Houston market but back to the water I want to really reinforce you should drink half of your body weight in ounces of fluids per day so you just water per uh, day. Uh, preferably water but let's be real everybody ain't drinking water like that but yes preferably water so if you weigh 200 pounds you need 100 ounces of fluids preferably water per day most people are not doing that. Most people gravitate to a supersized Coke or some other uh, sugary beverage at Starbucks or just something, a big thirst at the Bucky's, whatever it is. That's what we're doing. But we got to make sure we're hydrating well. We're getting some exercise. You need about 150 minutes of exercise per week. You do the math. Break that down. You can walk. Most of us have a smartphone which has a pedometer on it. You should ideally get about 10,000 steps per day to keep your body in good health. That breaks down to exactly five miles. If you are a member of a gym, I'd encourage you to go on a regular basis and focus on your trouble areas. You ain't got to go in there and try to lift the gym and become the next bodybuilder. It's not about that. It's about investing in your health. A lot of us take this health uh, for granted, and you don't understand that being in good health is a privilege. And once you, you start having challenges with your health, it becomes a very, very, very expensive uh, issue in your life. And, you know, one thing I've always said is it's easier to stay well than it is to get well. Okay. 
Um, now, again, making sure you stay on top of that. And if you smoke, and again, I'm being transparent. I have a cigar every now and then. I just celebrated 42 years of life. So, of course, you know, I had a good stogie uh, and a nice drink. I'm not perfect, but again, in moderation in everything that we do. But if you're smoking every day, you're vaping every day, you really need to consider the long-term issues with that from lung cancer standpoint. Um, and again, if you're overweight for your, your body size uh, or for your, your height, you need to make sure you're doing the things to try to fix it. And a lot of that starts in the kitchen, okay? There are these overnight, get thin quick uh, surgeries and things that are being done out there, they have their risk. And uh, you didn't get there overnight, so you won't change it overnight. But the key to wellness is, again, focusing on yourself. Not about what's happening in this world, but taking care of yourself and doing what's best for you to try to be there for your family from a long-term standpoint. Um, and next month is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, men, for, especially for the men. And I'll be speaking in a number of places here in the city of Houston and Austin and a few other places about that. Uh, when it comes to prostate cancer, African-American men and other minorities in this country are disproportionately affected by that. And I really want to shift that narrative and make sure we understand <coughs> what we need to do, what is appropriate screening, how to have that conversation or dialogue with your provider on whether you should be screened or not versus showing up with worst case scenario um, and dying very prematurely uh, than you should be based on just, you know, the lifespan that you have, you know. But a wellness is key, y'all. And again, a lot of us, it's very common sense logic stuff. You don't have to be a medical professional to know what wellness is about. Uh, and but and there's so much information right at our fingertips today. Everybody has a smartphone. Right. You can Google it. You can figure out what you need to do and how you need to do it. But again, if you have access to uh, good insurance or insurance, at, just insurance in general, go see your doctor on a regular basis. Have an annual physical and please, please, please follow up. Right. Follow I love it. That's the key is follow up. So, I mean, I said a lot, you know, and I'd be willing to drill down to something more specific if you all have a specific question. But that's kind of it in a nutshell with uh, exercise, eating right, seeing your doctor on a regular basis and having age appropriate screenings. That's really the key to all of that. I have I a question it. for you, Eric. Okay. Sure. All right. What's more important, eating right or going to the gym? OK, I put it. I'll say it like this. Everything <laughs> needs to be balanced. OK. Um, if you look at your fist, most people, because when we, we don't, most people don't have a scale at home. We don't measure our food. We don't weigh our food. We just eat. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the southern portions that we <laughs> we put on our plate yeah. are way more than they should. But if you use your fist okay. as like a measuring tube mm -hmm. for okay. your portions, so when you eat, nothing on your plate should be larger than your fist. It shouldn't touch. It shouldn't overlap. And you shouldn't get seconds. Okay. But your fist bigger than my fist, so well, that I'm, means you I'm gotta bigger. eat. You I'm gotta. You get to I eat have more a little bit. I have, I have a little bit more. I yeah, think that's like, actually how I got fat was I was eating the same amount <laughs> as my husband. And again, and his fist bigger than my yeah, husband. Yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> yes. Big, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's not small. And then you gotta factor in too his metabolism versus your metabolism, yeah. and yeah. your estrogen versus his testosterone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we as yeah. men with the testosterone. We can eat a lot more. We're going to burn a lot more, especially if we're physically active. Whereas you women, you're going to hold on to that and you're going to pack it in in the midsection and in the hips and thighs. So you got to be careful with that. But hmm. yes, this is again, this is not a, a this is not specific this science. This looks like a lot. I need it's, bigger hands. Well, but again, it's about portion, it's about portion control. It's about portion control. Okay. So portion control with regular exercise. And if you happen to have a chronic medical condition, 
taking your medicines on a regular basis is what completes the circle. And they all complement one another. You can't do one more than the other, or do one and skip the other, and think you're gonna have good health. It's not gonna work. So if I had to answer that question, I would say it's balanced. Okay. But but most of it starts though in the kitchen. We are most people think most people think you dig a grave with a, a large earth mover, backhoe or something, but you can dig a grave very slowly with a fork and a spoon. Mm. And a lot of us are doing that. So Yep. Bless you, one of the seven daily sins. There it is, baby. Like you said, if y'all have any questions or want to comment or anything like that, just let us know. Or if there's a specific topic you'd like to hear us talk about, I'd be willing to do the research, come back and chop it up with you about that and really share some information on that. Yeah, we probably going to have to follow with you, especially because next month is uh, prostate, prostate cancer. cancer right? I got yeah. it. So we'll definitely have you back on as another Great. special guest for our, our health moment. But Great. thank you so much. That Great. was a lot to yeah. interpret, but... Wellness. Yeah, wellness, wellness is the key. Is the key. Yeah, wellness is the key. So we'll go ahead and move into our first topic with Mr. Marcus Glenn. And we really want to understand what is the Black United Fund of Texas? So um, we're a nonprofit organization that was founded in 1987 by my aunt, Cleo Glenn Johnson. Um, she started. She started after she was introduced to the National Black United Fund, which was started out in uh, Los Angeles, California, as a way for um, black employees to have their um, contributions that are taken out of their paycheck uh, toward charitable causes, go toward programs and causes that they saw value in. So that's the reason why we were started. Um, but at that point in time, there wasn't anyone out there besides the United Way that was going into the workforce to campaign and to say, hey, we're going out to support this, this, and this, but it wasn't representative of uh, black people there. Mm -hmm. So uh, National Black United Fund sued United Way to be able to have access into these workforce campaigns. And uh, from there, you wind up getting a whole network of black United Funds across the, uh, across the country. So Texas wound up being one. They also have one in Michigan, Illinois, Georgia, um, and in New York and New Jersey. So there's multiple, uh, like, like yeah. state-based. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. And this Oregon is and California have a couple of them. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So okay. we're just the one for Texas. That's okay. It. So the necessity or help me understand the necessity of this. So if, if you work at the place where you work, if they're talking about the charitable causes or charitable goods that is going on but none of it is reflective of your community or those dollars aren't making it to um, people that look like you or supporting causes that you care about that's an issue right you know because yeah. you're taking let's say five dollars out of my check every time i get paid but yet none of this money is making it to cycle back to my community it's not, it's not making it back to us mm -hmm. so that's the reason why we're around so what we do is we give uh young organizations um an umbrella that they can stand underneath and we'll go into the workforce campaign with them and say, hey, um, Seeds of the Soil, prime example. Uh, that's one of our programs. They'll go into the workforce campaign and say, if you want to, if you like what it is that we're doing, you want to give money to us, you can give the money to Black United Fund and here's our code. And that way you're making sure that those dollars that it is that you're earmarking are actually getting it to getting to a program that you're actually supporting. So gotcha. that that's for the most part what we do. Like Sickle Cell Association in Houston oh, is another organization yes. that we work very heavily with. Uh, Tanya is just awesome. 
and we love being able to go in there and to give her a platform or allow our platform to be used for her to have access to, you know, city of Houston workers or state employees or um, any any type of uh, employees. So it's like the community giving back to the community. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our motto is we are the helping hand that is your own. Mm. All right. I, like I think you said that like slower. That. Yeah. So our motto is we are the helping hand that is your own. So a lot of times we're looking at, and this is not one individual person or anything of that nature, but society might depict us as, oh, we're looking for government programs. No, I'm not looking for a government program. I'm looking for help. I'm looking for resources to be able to move forward um, and just to better my life situation. And so we've done that through programming in the past. We've done it through educational programs in the past, um, focused on youth, focused on uh, veterans who wouldn't necessarily operate well in a regular working environment, but yet, you know, if they can go out and make $200 a week, they just need a place where they can rest their head so they won't be homeless. So mm-hmm. we've been able to provide that type of space for All them, right. but yet they were still um, paying their electric bill, paying their water and everything else of that nature, which has helped provide them a little bit more stability. Um, so those are the types of programs. That's the reason why we're around is to help provide the type of stability in our communities. But then the programs that it is that we do um, just helps out the larger community. Gotcha. I love what you're doing, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's I appreciate powerful. that. I didn't even know that was like yeah. companies out there that yeah. did stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you hear most people talk about a nonprofit, you'd hope that their intentions are good and that they're seeking to work toward a cause, solving solving some type of issue. Um, the thing is, so many people get out there and say, oh, I got a nonprofit, or I'm starting a nonprofit, but what's the focus of it? What's, what, what's the mission behind it? And a lot of people can't give that, um, but we've been around to help them develop that uh, mission statement, develop that vision, and move toward actually accomplishing those goals and what it is that they want to do. That's great. And when you think about the black dollar and how it's uh, not necessarily being recycled in our community. Right. And it's so powerful because it really uh, is one of the main driving forces in our economy. And to hear, you know, what you all are doing um, with your nonprofit uh, is really powerful. And I, I wish you continued success and best of luck with that. And um, I, I want to get some information from you when I leave because uh, I currently work um, with the government and they give us this form where we can fill out and donate yeah. to. So you can donate to us. And that's what I want to do. You can fill that form out. Okay. That's donate to do. the Black United Front And of that's Texas. exactly what I want to um, do. You, you said so, federal, so yeah. we got to see how we can get back into the federal campaign. Okay. So for a while, we've been inactive. Uh, my aunt ran it for about 20, 25 years or so uh-huh. with a really good run. Um, but then she had to go off and make some money. And so I stepped in past three years, two to three years mm-hmm. to um, step over, to step in as president. And so um, my goal is to go ahead and build back up to where it is that we were right. and really go ahead and get back into those state and federal okay. campaigns. Well, I definitely want to do that because I felt this way when they were sending this campaign, sheet, the sheet out for us to fill out. And I would look at it. I'd be like. But nothing on here would go mm-hmm. to people that look like me. Right. Yeah. And then I would pick some because I like eh, I like to support veterans. So I started supporting one of the veteran organizations. Come to find out, they were embe- they were embezzling the money. 
Mm-hmm. And they weren't taking care of veterans. And I was like, so here I am giving to an organization that they have supposedly vetted. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that they're doing right by the money in the community. And they're not even taking care of the people that they say they're supposed to take care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to get your info. So that, that's something that we had. And I don't, I, I'm not political, but that's something that we had a real issue with that uh, during Harvey. Sure, mm-hmm. you, you get these large um Organizations, Red Cross come in, uh, but yet they were not dispersing the funds or dispersing the resources to the people who really need it. Mm-hmm. We didn't touch any physical money, but we helped recirculate $4 million That's worth so of resources right. into our communities. That's great. A lot of times into communities that would have been overlooked or just completely forgotten. I just figured out why. Well, no, I can't say I figured it out, but I had someone kind of communicate to me about why the money typically was not recirculated into a lot of communities that, you know, appear to be at need. And there was this whole thing about being equitable. And I, I had someone explain to me that they go into other communities and even though they've had less damage because their property value is more that mm-hmm. even the smallest damage to a higher property valued home in their area and their homes and their cars and all of their property is valued higher, anything will overdo um, a car that's probably paid for in our community that's like, you know, valued at $5,000 or less, but that's the only way he can get to work. But that's the only way their homes are valued less. So when their da- when their home got damaged, it didn't even okay. Now they it have didn't a nice. Register. It, didn't, it didn't register, on the, it didn't radar, register on the radar because they looked at some of these other communities that were higher valued. They look at our community that were lower valued, and even though things have been obliterated, like things that are that's damaged serious. to no end, it didn't value the same as some of these other ones. So they looked at it as where can we put our most dollars and how can we fix things, and it wasn't right. I can tell you. I'm saying that in a political way. Yeah, first-hand experience. So uh, (coughs) we worked with organizations out in East Texas. And when I say East Texas, I'm talking on the border of Texas. Nah, okay. That's Northeast Texas. I'm talking straight. (laughs) Take out 10, just ride this sucker straight on to Louisiana. To the line, to the line. Yeah, to the the state line. Um, So Southeast Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Orange, Beaumont, Port Arthur. Um, Bon Weird, we were the first people to make it into this small community. The first, other than that, Red Cross didn't make it there. Um, Salvation Army, the federal government didn't make it there before we did. We were the first people to bring some type of food and any type of supplies to these folks after they had been blocked in. Um, But I'm saying that to say this, the Red Cross has taken donations from people, put them up in a church, and when people who needed the resources or needed uh, those supplies, they'll come by to ask, hey, do y'all have some water? Oh, no, we don't have no water. You got a whole church full of water, full of supplies, but yet people who need it, they can't really get it. And this is being told to us from organizations that were there on the ground in the the water made it to the red cross by accident <laughs> they were trying to meet up and they were just oh we'll just drop it off here y'all be able to get it from them. nah people weren't able to get that water and mm-hmm. and that's like the crappiest part because they're the ones that don't have the savings they don't right. they don't have yeah. the like i mean sorry to say but some people in our True. community are living the paycheck to paycheck and when that stuff happened they're the ones that need to so get the most. Oh, yeah they suffered the most because 
they didn't have the reserve. And then they looked at it from an equitable standpoint and said, well, they had so much more damage. Yeah, they got a forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 car that got flooded. We have to fix that before we fix the, the $5,000, $10,000 car that might have been paid off or, you know, we don't have much. Oh, but they valued it. It was a monetary look versus it was a hum- like a humanitarian look on who really needed the help. And I think that's why the city of Houston, you can see areas that just has not even recovered yet. Yeah. Still decimated. Still look Still. like Hurricane Harvey just happened. Yeah. Right, because they thought that they weren't valued as much. And because they looked at it at a monetary amount. And that's the part that sucked because it was people of our community that took the biggest hit. And those other communities, guess what? They back up and rolling. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't even that didn't, it didn't hurt them. But that's the whole reason why we're around. The yeah. Black United Fund is around to be able to make sure that resources make it to our communities and we support organizations and groups that have the best intention and best mindset for their community. Today's hydration is sponsored by 1186 Water. This is a real artesian water straight from the aquifer in Alabama, uh, new to the Houston area, uh, and is an ultra premium artesian water. Feel free to follow us at Facebook, and Instagram at 1186water, and that's 11, E-L-E-V-E-N, 86water. And as also, you can uh, visit our website at www.1186water.com. So just how Eric just said, um, how he saw the form and didn't even know you guys exist, how do we help that message come mm-hmm. across where people know? And I don't think it's just people of yeah. a certain, uh, you know, community that would help i think anyone would help right right so how do we get Um, that message out share any video it is that you see that we've done that you like put out any post um the power of word of mouth is real powerful you know you'll tell somebody about something good a good experience that it is that you've had okay um so definitely tell people about the work it is that we're doing um and then you can also support us on uh amazon go through smile.amazon.com and when they ask you know, what uh, charity organization you want these funds to go toward, type in Black United Fund of Texas. We're registered uh, with Smile, okay. with Amazon. And so that's that's an easy way to be able to support the work it is that we're doing. And you don't have to do much. That's okay. not changing any type of habit. You can stay watching TV, stay there on the couch while you're shopping and be able to support us through those types of efforts. Cool. Um, so that, that's the real easy way. But just sharing. Just sharing um, videos or posts or any type of thing. Like, honeybee, you came out for a, a cleanup. That was right. awesome. You know, that was a, a great day for you, the family, and, you know, that community. Mind you, Nathan, so you asked about what it is that we grow. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. Okay. So um, that's at a community farm that we partner with, Seeds of the Soil. Um, somebody comes by and just illegally dumps uh, tires and tires, furniture, all, all this stuff. It was craziness. Yeah, all of this stuff um, on a regular and consistent basis. And so, mm-hmm. for him to get that cleaned up, it did a whole lot of good, and yeah. it definitely helped. Moves people feel better about their about community. Exactly. And where is they live. Yeah, they feel it in a clean environment, and somebody yes. cares right. for their community. They right. feel a lot of people communities feel left out and neglected. And you know, I would again. The, uh, I'm a part of the great greatest fraternity on the planet, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, and we have uh, been out in the community doing a lot of work uh, during Hurricane Hurricane Harvey, 
uh, I mean, post Hurricane Harvey, uh, we went out and helped a lot of people that look like us that needed help. They put out the call to action and we showed up and we helped. Uh, and again, just what you're seeing here, Marcus, I saw that firsthand. It's like the Red Cross was almost like they were selective. Yeah. They were mm -hmm. driving by doing an like, assessment. Uh, they don't need it. Yeah. Oh, they got help. Oh, they, oh, they have the families. They're helping them. Yeah. They, and they would keep going. It's like, y'all don't see us here? Yeah. We want some water. Give us a burrito, uh, breakfast. Uh, taco. Taco, whatever it is yeah. you have, you know. And it's like, I, I understand it. And the sad thing is, I used to work for Red Cross back in the day, many years ago. Mm -hmm. This is one thing always made me feel some type of way about them. They would, you would do the blood donations with them when they were doing that and then you would give your blood for free and, and they if you needed the blood if they get paid on top of it then if you needed the blood to go get the blood to get a unit of blood is like a thousand dollars and you just gave oh, it to wow. them for free and then check this out they prioritize the funds that they receive to pay the CEO yeah. and all the top management mm -hmm. before they did anything so, in the community so this is what I and can that, that rubbed me the wrong way I'm, I'm very transparent about what it is that we do uh, we do have 15% operating expense. 15%. That's understandable. That's actually yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's actually so 85% out of every dollar that it is that you give, going to the it makes it directly to that that's organization. Not, Man, when I used to do not-for-profits, what is it? Uh, Morning God? No, God Star. God Star. God Star. Mm -hmm. You should, anybody who donates anything to a 501c3, go into God Star. It breaks down where they're spending their money. And mm -hmm. you want your money to go towards programming. Right. I didn't give my money to pay people. Yeah, that right. is the number one reason why I will get on anybody who donates their stuff to Salvation Army. Mm -hmm. I do not like Salvation Army. Oh, no, no, I like Good Salvation Will. Army. Sorry, Good Goodwill. Yeah. Goodwill. 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 Only reason I walk with Goodwill because I gave it to you for free. Give it away to someone else for free. So this, but no, you can't. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it, to, well, I do. I so, just want my stuff to get. But it makes sense. So with, with their model, with their model, they're creating jobs. They're providing jobs to folks who might not typically be able to get a job in any other type of working environment. Therefore, you have to be able to charge something for this. How much was the CEO made last year? I don't know about that. How many millions? <laughs> Okay. How many Red Cross? How many million? Oh, I a know bunch. That's a ridiculous number. A and that's my only thing is that not that I think that they should be pillars of the community where they're basically not making any money, mm -hmm. but I think that it, it's a part of giving back that you truly, truly give back at, yeah. at the minimum cost that you possibly can. Now, make your money. I understand you got to pay your bills. But at the same time, I want you to give to the community where it does not feel like it's gluttonous, like, you know, yeah. greed. Well, yeah, that's, that's And you're taking off the top. And you're taking off right the top. Right off the top before you even get to anyone. Now, I'm okay if at the top you budget that I'm going to give this CEO because you are running a business yeah, and you mm -hmm. want them to be comfortable. Or to me, it's going to go into, like, the, the direction of teachers, which I'll talk yeah. about later. Mm -hmm. But once you get to not paying them well, then you don't get quality people. Then, you you know, so... Pay them enough so you can get quality people yeah. here that's running mm -hmm. the business. But, yeah, I don't. Sense. No yeah. goodwill for me. Okay. <laughs> but I think this answer who we are and... Yes. No, what are you doing <laughs> in the future? No. Tell us about some future programming. Okay. Um, so, in the, in the past, let's just look at last year. Um, the 2018-2019 school year. Uh, we applied for funding through uh, Harris County City Connections, which is grants okay. given out through... Um, the different city of Houston uh, districts. We uh, wrote for 15000 no, 18000 uh, And so we got that. So $18,000, we were able to do programming. Two schools in uh, District B, 
as well as at one community center, Cashmere uh, Multi Service Center. Um, in that District B? District B, as B. in boy. Okay. Uh, and then in District D, we were able to support um, an ag pod, which was uh, oh, an idea from RST Bioscience over at Addicts Middle School. And the cool thing about that was you would build, they built a greenhouse, um, they dug a pond, and also had uh, aquaponics. So for the 2018-2019 school year, we worked with uh, Highland Middle School over in the Pleasantville area. We worked with Dogan Elementary School in Fifth Ward right there off of Liberty Road in uh, Waco. Uh, then we also did some work at uh, Cashmere Multi-Service Center in District B. Um, and so all of those were gardening programs for the most part and also uh, healthy meal and nutrition. So going back to what it is that y'all were talking yeah. about. Um, and then in District D, we did the Ag part over at Addicts Middle School with RST Bioscience. So uh, mm. they built out a greenhouse, uh, had in-ground crops as well as setting up for um, setting up for aquaponics but the cool thing was the coolest thing from them was we were able to hatch out these black chickens um and they're mm -hmm. black all the way to their bones they're called ayam samanis wow what's that's a new species or? oh god no no or no. is it mm -hmm. what ask the question where where has that chicken <laughs> where they already have so they're in southeast asia Okay. Um, but that's how much melanin they have within them. They're black all the way to their bone. Even their meat is black. Um, wow. So black. We, we, hatched, <laughs> we hatched out those chicks primarily just to be able to show these kids are addicts. Like, hey, Whoa. not all eggs are white or not all chickens are white or what have you. But just to be able to give them a little bit of culture, make them feel proud about Man. something. Do you have this, like... Not necessarily taped or like the process. Yeah, we got we we have some we have the chicks I believe as they were hatching on our Instagram at buftx. Um, it's a little bit down there, but we I, I believe oh, we have it God. on there. So we hatched out Ayam Samani's. Um, now they're over at Seeds of the Soil. Some of them are over at Seeds of the Soil. Um, so that that was our 2018 work. Uh, and Seeds of the Soil was able to go ahead and partner up with a couple other places to deliver some more uh, after school programming. Uh, Navarro Middle School, uh, Marshall Middle School. Um, mm -hmm. We're doing an herbarium at Marshall. We're uh, doing more poultry over at uh, Navarro. Um, at Holland, we're going back again for this year to do a farm bot. Um, and partner up with TXRX to do that. Um, 2018, 2019, we also hosted and started this thing called an agriculture conservation camp. So we know that the pipeline for black kids in agriculture and also careers in conservation is very thin. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a lot of people going into it. So um, Mr. Roy Milan's son, owner of uh, african-american news and issues as well as the rns deer ranch um called together some people to see what it is that we could do to address that issue so this summer we took 21 kids camping we provided them with a week-long camp where we took them to seeds of the soils farm um, big city gardeners uh farm or farm i mean garden over off of uh, Lockwood at the Cashmere Multi-Service Center and then RST Bioscience and Fresh Life Organics Farm uh, over off of like Cullen in the Beltway okay. around that area. Um, 
And so we had 21 kids learning about agriculture and how it impacts their lives wow. and learning about careers in conservation. Mm-hmm. So toward the end of it, we had a professional fisherman, Willard uh, Franklin, with the 4W's fishing team. Uh, he participated in uh, oh, yeah. let the kids get on his boat and stuff like that. We mm-hmm. took the kids kayaking. Texas Parks and Wildlife was an invaluable partner uh, to us for that program. Mm-hmm. And we're looking forward to uh, doing it again for the 2019-2020 year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what it is that we did for 18-19 and then 19-2020. and 2020. Um, We're doing a new after-school program with uh, State Representative Jarvis Johnson. Okay. Um, touching the Booker T. Washington feeder pattern. So we'll be working with Booker T. Washington, MC Williams, and Wesley Elementary School. Uh, it's called Grow, Earn, and, Grow, Learn, and Earn. So we're focusing on agriculture and what type of food it is that kids can grow uh, simply and easily, but also teaching them about entrepreneurship and nutrition um, at the same time. So uh, That's deep. Yeah. yeah. Y'all need another school? Cause no, I, not right now. I was like, I got, I got a small school for y'all. Wait, for real? My kids' school. Do no, workshop or something. Yeah. We can do some workshops. We can do some workshops. Oh, yes. I would love so, for you to. And do you need another, another partnership? Because again, my fraternity, we do a lot yes. in the community. Yes. And we try to capture young young men. We yes. have what we call Project Alpha, where we try to talk to them about some of the social issues that we experience. Uh, the, safe sex and all that other stuff. I mean, we'd have to do the consent piece to make sure parents are okay with that, but you already have an audience that's captured and coming, and we'd ha- love to partner with you to try to make sure that they see people that look like them and have those candid conversations that they might not be having, if that's something that's I don't have a problem with it. I have to check with the state rep. Verify and let us know. And the only reason why, he just, he, he uh, he's an Omega. Nah. It's so, a good man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but I, I think nothing will be, that, that won't be an issue primarily because his whole thing is, just providing these kids with exposure, providing right. the opportunity, providing a platform. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter who it's coming from, just as long as they're getting that message. I ain't gonna hold it against them. Alpha yeah. first. We t- Today's hydration is sponsored by 1186 Water. This is a real artesian water straight from the aquifer in Alabama, uh, new to the Houston area, uh, and is an ultra premium artesian water. Feel free to follow us at Facebook and Instagram at 1186water, and that's 11, E-L-E-V-E-N, 86water. And as also, you can uh, visit our website at www.1186water.com. Now, this is everything culture. Can you help me bring this topic back from a cultural perspective? Do you believe that uh, this is a focal point for our culture. Yeah, it needs to be. It needs to be, but do you currently think it is? Yeah. You think it is? Okay. You'd be surprised. Um, so wait, what part, what as far <laughs> is what as, a focal point? Okay, so all the programming that you're doing mm-hmm. in the community is because- Oh, the 19, 20, 20, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. We also got an environmental science program that we're launching uh, with Milby and uh, the Port of Houston. I'm excited about that one. Oh. I'm, I'm really excited about that one. <laughs> Super excited. Okay. I'm excited about right that now. too. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, to me, I want to know, do you believe that there is more that we can do? Like, I'm not even sure any, I've ever heard of any of these programs yeah, in my, you no, know, no. In, my, in my community. 
Um, as far as like growing the food or yeah, what? Yeah, like making that more of a focal point that people don't understand that your health is your wealth. No matter how much money you make, right. if yeah. you ain't got good health, look at uh, Steve Jobs died at 56 yeah, years old. Did you see what that man looked like mm-hmm. and how much money he had? It does not equivalent. So yeah. I think we we are moving toward that. And I definitely think in low income areas. Okay, so somebody has to be a big brother. Somebody has to be an adult. In this situation, let's look. Let's yeah. Let's look at it like never mind. A big brother. Let's use that uh, terminology. Somebody has to be a big brother. We've had so many big brothers that haven't acted like big brothers, and just let you go eat whatever it is that you mm-hmm. wanted to do or do different things because it may have fit them or they just didn't want to be that big brother to say, "Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You know better." So we're you not know, holding each other accountable. We're not holding each other accountable. But now I think as you start to see more people becoming uh, vegans or move toward a more health plant-based conscious. bias, yeah, right. a more health plant-based diet and it's becoming a fad, now you're starting to wake up and you're starting to realize, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be eating this because it comes from West Texas or it's coming from the Valley. And you know what? Eating tomatoes in... Uh, December, it's just not even right. It's not seasonal. It's not a season for this. So basically, it's not season. So, do you believe that a lot of the reasons why, or help me understand, like a lot of the reasons why I thought that our community was highly, um, was we had a higher ratio of eating fast food, eating the processed food, was because of the structure of our household, meaning that we didn't have a two-parent household, which meant there was not two people out there to cook. But then we did, if we only came from a single-parent household from some standpoint, then mom was working multiple jobs. Therefore, we had to eat something quick and on the go because she was not home to prepare food. There was no gardening. There was not any of this because we're in the workforce. Right. And this is kind of luxury kind of activities and hobbies more than they are so, so we, now we're focusing or we're changing a little bit of that we have to look at it for, instead of being a luxury to being a necessity exactly um, yes. I think part of it you, you're right um, part of it might be societal in the neighborhood that it is that you're growing up in but also part of it is that's the only thing that's around us food you, you, you eat what you, you eat what it is that's around you so yeah. I grew up this I grew up in Fifth Ward. Uh, let's just use Lockwood and Market, all right? It's no grocery store near me. Closest grocery store is over in Denver Harbor. Yeah, it's a nice little walk, and my family had a car, so we could make that drive. But at the same time, McDonald's is right across the bridge at Lockwood and I-10 East. It's been there all my life. I'm 35 now. It's 35, 40 years that that McDonald's been eating. Um, it's a Burger King right down I-10 East, a little bit further east from us. Um, like, I know where the fast food places are, but us having access to fresh vegetables, that's not always been a priority. You know? So, why do, and I, I guess this may be getting too deep, but the food deserts that happen typically in our community, is it because they don't... Let's get this straight. The entire state of Texas is, is a, a food, food desert. desert. Texas is a food desert. What? Help help our so audience understand the, what food so desert is. So the USDA, in in case anybody wants to wonder why I'm speaking on it with this type of passion or uh, yeah, from this lens, 
Um, my background is in agriculture. My bachelor's came from Prairie View uh, in 2006. Yeah, we stuff. produce productive people. There you go. <laughs> uh, my, my major was agriculture there, and then I got my master's from Iowa State in agriculture uh, education. And then I came home to get back into my communities and teach about agriculture. But the USDA defines a food desert as any area that is lacking access to fresh, affordable fruits and vegetables. When you look around Houston, grocery stores are starting to pop up now because you have an influx of people moving um, into downtown or into midtown. But still, they don't have a gang of grocery stores there. You know, you have like that Randall's. Um, that's right downtown, and then you have like a couple of HEBs that's still mm-hmm. outside yeah. on the periphery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just have not valued building grocery stores for some odd reason. It doesn't make sense to me. But those those are the real issues. Like we have to address that systemically. Um, but one thing that can help us address that systemically is having one us growing our own food. And then two, having farmers markets in our communities. Yeah. Right. So I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, the Acres Homes Market. That's something that's just starting up. They've been going since June, but they're trying to invite in more local farmers uh, in that area who, who grow food to come and sell their produce there. Um, and it's another one starting up at Cashmere uh, Multi Service Center or Cashmere Gardens area as well. But we have to make that part of our own. As a what what's important to us, you can't expect somebody who doesn't live in your neighborhood to do things that are good for you. If you're living in this neighborhood, you're gonna have to start doing the things mm, that are good yeah. for you. Right. Very true. Okay. Can't depend on somebody else to come save you. Nah. Yeah. Ain't never happened. Yeah. Ain't never happened. Ain't never happened. We gotta we gotta be our own like yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's the reason why you have organizations like Black United Fund that's out there. Unity is wealth mm-hmm. as well. Um, and just any other shape. Like, Shape has been a mainstay in Third Ward, thankfully, you know, yeah. and just really helping keep that community together. But you have to have these anchors in your community. Um, Do you think we lack them right now? Or I don't think we more? lack them. We need, we need elders to pass on knowledge mm-hmm. and give guidance and sit back. Mm-hmm. And let somebody else take over and lead. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. I think it's probably more of a lack of knowledge. I think a lot of people want to do and have these ideas to want to do things like you're saying. But we just don't know. Yeah. Like I can say my grandparents, that my grandma still lives on, lives on the farm, but... My grandpa, my grandpa used to grow peas, uh, watermelon. I'm from yeah. Alabama. It's how my peas, dad still cows, does that. Yeah, everything. They know how to do it. And it's, I put it more on me, though, because I haven't really took the time to want to go down there. I tried to avoid going down there because I didn't want to help yeah. out. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all did. We all did. Yeah. yeah. When, when you see, like, it's fun. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's work. So before I came here, I was out on the farm today. Uh, what were we doing? Laying down some mulch and uh, some burlap sacks, getting ready. Oh, by the way, September seventh, we're uh, moving um, our 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 beds, our our garden beds from our current location to this fenced-in location. So definitely, anybody want to come out, please shoot me a DM uh, on Instagram at buftx, and I can get you more information about it. But it's fun to take your kids out there, like to let right. them just play around in the dirt for a little bit, uh, and, and to let them see growth. 
Like, that's really how you can explain life to them. Like, all right, mm-hmm. hey, kids, remember we dropped this seed in the soil, we covered it up, we watered it, we took care of it. That's the same thing I'm doing with you mm-hmm. every day. Right. I'm making sure you got food, you got all the right nutrients, you got water. Everything it is that you need to live is, is coming out of this. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. So I want to personally thank you for coming. Um, anybody knows that Mr. Marcus Glenn is is really good friends and grew up with my husband. So um, yes, about what was it a month and a half ago now? Mm-hmm. I went and did the cleanup with the with the guys um, out there, and I mean it was actually very. It was it was it was monumental for my family because it was the first time I actually took my my son to mm-hmm. go do a community service mm-hmm. and I, t- I took my daughter a couple of times to do community uh... service before but you have to understand that we are the image that they're gonna like that that they see and that they yeah. want to follow yep. so now he has pictures of his first community service mm-hmm. event my daughter her first community service I actually turned it into a pillow mm-hmm. um, and now she has that she was handing out sunflower seeds and you know we did like a bike ride community service with my job and you have to instill that in them because I've seen the reverse with people. And I mean, I, t- I mean, no disrespect when I say it's about my husband. We talk about this all the time. But his parents really were grinders and they didn't do that. So it was a lot. Of, it was very hard for me to push him to understand why community service was so important to me. And now he goes and he enjoys it, but he didn't grow up with it. So it wasn't instilled in him. And that doesn't mean that you can't change and want to do community service now. But now I'm instilling him. At the end, my son was picking up stuff during the trash mm-hmm. the whole time. He's one years old. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying. Small he was small. my daughter, yeah. mommy. I help. I help, and I was like, "Hey, baby, how was your day? My day was good. We helped. We yeah. helped." And she's three years old, so you have to instill that yeah. because they can only remember the things that you teach them. Yeah. So yeah. let them remember these good memories. And continue to demonstrate that behavior exactly as they grow up, because they'll grow up and go do those things. Exactly, yeah. mommy. Yeah. I help. I want a child that helps. Yeah. We can't have selfish kids because we mm-hmm. lived a selfish Bad. lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. And we're so self-absorbed. Okay, I get off my soapbox. Yeah. So, so. That's, I got, that's another conversation. That's another topic for this show, right? Yeah, here. for real. I got one more question for you, though. Oh, go Did, ahead. Um, do you guys work with 4-H? So, it's interesting. What do you know about 4-H? Well, I remember I was in 4-H as a when? kid. Me too. When I was maybe like what state six, you seven. From? I'm from Texas. What city? Tyler. Okay, that's the reason why you know 4-H. Okay, you was from Alabama. Alabama, yeah. All right, y'all. I'm from Alabama A and M. I mean, Alabama A and M's extension probably came out and worked with you or Auburn's. I think it was Auburn. Okay, you yeah, had the White House come out and work with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yours was more than likely a uh, Texas A and M uh, corporate extension agent, or was it a black agent that you had? No, nah, they were white. Okay, everybody. Yeah, so Texas A and M. Uh, it's interesting that you and yeah, you don't know Mm-mm. and don't feel bad about that because I didn't know what 4-H was when I went to college um, hmm. and when I made when I decided to major in agriculture so it's interesting that you ask about 4-H because I pledge my head to clear thinking mm-hmm. my heart to greater loyalty my hands to larger service and my health to better living mm-hmm. for my club my community my country and my world that's the motto is that the motto you sure right yeah yeah I was never in 4-H, but I served as a 4-H agent here in Harris Harris County for about five to six years uh, through Prairie View A&M University. Um, So we do involve 4-H. We work closely with our extension service, um, be it the ag uh, agent that's that's in Harris County, or uh, we have a pretty good relationship also with the 4-H agent. he comes out and helps us out. 
Uh, but yeah, we we do. But four H's whole issue is one, it's a broken mouth. Let's be real. Yeah, you can get some people to volunteer, but if you really want somebody to be there, uh, you need some type of incentive. And them just doing it out the goodness of their heart, that ain't happening. Is your kid in 4-H? Nah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I, I'm not saying it to not yeah. anybody. I'm saying it because that model don't work. Yeah. I would go, as an agent, I would go meet kids where they were and where I knew they had an adult who was paid to be there. That was the schoolhouse. Mm. You know? And so I would get clubs going or get kids involved in 4-H activities at their school, out in the community, in our communities. That whole, oh, well, you need to have a meeting uh, once a month and it needs to focus on this, this, and this. That ain't happening. Yeah. We sure ain't raising no livestock. Yeah. Um, you can do the public speaking. You can do these other things, and that's great. But 4-H does not usually make it into our communities, point blank, period. Mm-hmm. Especially you being in Tyler. Yeah. It's a white agent. More than likely, they came from... And I'm not trying to judge them, but typically they're coming from an area where they're only trying to work with their kids. You might not have gotten the best experience because of the color of your skin. Right. Look at the livestock and rodeo that happened here. Hey, I love, you know what? I love the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo for this Mm -hmm. one reason. Well, for a couple reasons, but the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo's main purpose is to scholarships. It's a a great nonprofit. Mm -hmm. They get you to pay to be a member, which is great. Um, but all of that money goes back towards scholarships. The reason why our kids don't know about the scholarships is because they aren't involved in 4-H or FFA. FFA, that's what it was so, in my school. So one thing that we are uh, launching as well this year uh, as part of that initiative with the port is we're launching this uh, organization called Junior Manners. I was a member of Manners while I was in college um, and still am a member now. Uh, I'm a non-dues paying member. <laughs> uh, but I'll be there to support them everything and everything. But MANNER stands for Minorities in Agriculture, Natural Resources, and Related Sciences. So for us to be able okay. to really provide this opportunity and this exposure for our kids, we have to go meet them where they are. And unfortunately, 4-H and FFA are not filled with people who look like us. Mm. Right. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Preach. Man. So, that's, that's well, I am encouraged like i have a garden well you've been to my yeah, house y'all got a you, nice area, where y'all got a nice area. He, he said he was gonna pick something off my trees and, some oranges yeah, yeah so i have probably i mean <laughs> i have a good little setup yeah. but it, it's so much more that i can do and i'm so ready to do it but i think i think we need to set up an everything culture workshop we do so yeah like, i would love to partner because here. we have a a great uh audience base that would love to figure out how to do this and i'll bring my kids you bring your kids so, mm-hmm. like we have it, a lot september of 7th a good day for y'all i check oh, oh actually, that's the weekend well i'm not going out of town anymore but i think you oh yeah I'm, be going time. so okay. we have the black caucus that's going in um so i gotta go to that's washington cool. dc so. Have a good time. I am. Enjoy. <laughs> sure. yeah, I'll, be, I'll be in Washington D.C. You know, doing my legislative stuff. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, definitely. Um, we can set up another time. Nathan would love to have y'all in Jim. Yeah. Uh, our, our master gardener, his name is Jim. You see an all white dude with a, a oh, yeah, hippie beard um, on our Instagram page. That's Jim. Um, he loves to have help out there. He's out there any set any and every Saturday waiting for somebody to come by for a class oh, wow. or just to learn. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's like the Houston's version of Forrest Gump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Dead, like 
is dude the oh. the people who he knows and he just drops the name so casually. Oh yeah, you know such and such. Jim, wait, huh? Who? <laughs> yeah, he owns such and such. Jim, how do you like really you know that yeah, we such a like Jim knows a lot of great people. Oh, we're gonna have to talk offline because this might be an actual great um we try to do some type of like podcasting activities and maybe we should go out there. Hey, take take this, yeah. take it to Jim and just have a whole day. Well, Don't okay. plan nothing for the day. Gotcha. And just let Jim talk. He used to be a uh, a music writer for the Houston Press. And so he has this great love and affinity for Houston blues musicians. Oh, really? And man, hmm. his blues knowledge is crazy. It's <laughs> Sound like Jim you and Jim dude. BFFs. Jim is BFFs with everybody. everybody. He okay. Like <laughs> if somebody else came up and said Jim's my best friend, hey, high five. I know who else can rotate in and out. Yeah. But nah, Jim, <laughs> Jim, Jim is that dude. Okay. We have a great respect for Jim. And you were talking about veterans. So Caesar mm-hmm. Soil is a completely veteran-run organization. I'm mm-hmm. the only non-veteran on their board. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Nathan's Nathan and Jim are both Navy. And then uh, my dad is uh, Army. Army. All right. Yeah, cool. Great. Well, again, I want to thank you so much, Mr. Marcus Glenn. You know, the Black United Fund of Texas. Yes. We shout you guys out. We thank you for your continued support of the community and bridging that gap where, where we donate and it goes back uh, and helping hand that, that, is, that looks like ours. That is for us. Yeah. So I thank you so much. And yeah, um, I'm going to ask you if you have any social media handles that you want to shout out right now. Yeah, at B-U-F-T-X. Um, that's our Instagram. Um, and that's on Instagram. Yeah, that's on Instagram, <laughs> at B-U-F-T-X. At uh, Sots, S-O-T-S underscore Seeds of the Soil. That's Nathan's. Um, okay. And then we'll have a couple other ones that's starting to pop up. Oh, Be a Boss. That's our new initiative. We were able to hire three young men uh, this school year in partnership, or this summer, in partnership with uh, Earthy Vegan Goodness Ice Cream, Uncle Otis. I need to have him up here. Okay. He make good. He make vegan ice cream. Well, Man. maybe we need to go to Uncle Otis and go, go to his go, spot. Go to Uncle Otis. Uh, but he was he partnered with us to be able to hire three young men and to give them some real world work experience. Um, and so that was through our Be a Boss program. Uh, so yeah, if you just follow the at buftx page, I'm constantly uh, shouting out and promoting all of our different programs. I'm I'm excited about this vegan ice cream. I even saw Mila liked it. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter loves it. Yeah. So we also want to thank our special guest co-host, Mr. Eric, with Priority Mail. Oh yes, hey man, it's always a pleasure to be here with you all again. I love the platform you have and what you're doing. Uh, chopping up here today with Marcus and um, and uh, what he's doing in the community. Um, gives me hope and I look forward to hearing more about what he's doing and hopefully we can be a part of what you're doing uh, moving forward so yeah definitely keep up the great work man and um, continue um, changing lives out there man thank you that's what's up I also want to give a special shout out to 1186 Water. Oh, yes. So, today's hydration is brought to you by 1186 Water, and that's 11, spell it out, E-L-E-V-E-N, 86 Water. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, also 1186water.com. This is a new artesian, real artesian water, new to the Houston market. We have a partnership with uh, Legacy Distributions. 
Uh, they are our partners getting it out to the community and we're currently in a few select HEB stores here in the Houston area. Um, it is currently at the HEB at OST and Scott, HEB at Gulfgate, and HEB at Gessner and Kempwood. And this is a African-American owned water company here. Uh, again, one of the best waters out there now, new kid on the block. I would encourage you to try us out and support us. Check us out again at um, 1186water.com. Right on. Yes, indeed. I, I think I'm the only one that finished mine. I have not finished mine. It's hey. a really good water. It's it is. Water. It is very delicious. I recommend it. I need this on yeah. the ride back to Houston. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We can make that happen. All right. Well, as always, uh, Honey B, do you have any? You have any social media shout outs you wanna? I mean, I guess I can uh, shout out the social media handles for the everything culture. So on Instagram is everything culture, on IG. So then we have on Twitter is every T H G culture. So everything without the. A in the end, and then on Facebook, Everything Culture, and you can always go to our website at www.everythingculture.com, where you can see all of our postings, you can order shirts, uh, you can drop us a little donation if you want to on our cash app, that everything, um, everything culture appreciates all donations and contributions to this uh, podcast, and thank you in advance for making that donation. So, that's it.